everyone. Before we start, I wanted to tell you about the podcast Hot and Bothered. Hot and Bothered is a podcast all about romance novels. And right now, they're running a mini-series called Twilight in Quarantine. The hosts, Vanessa and Julia, are rereading the Twilight books one chapter at a time during the COVID pandemic to bring a little joy into their lives. As they read, Vanessa and Julia give advice to the characters of the Twilight novels. Excellent advice that Aaron might give, like... Maybe the Cullens should stop going to high school and instead do something productive with their eternal lives, like clean all the plastic out of the oceans. Or maybe Bella's dad, Charlie, should stop driving his cop car during personal hours. If you need a little silliness and friendship vibes while sheltering in place, check out Twilight in Quarantine. You can find it by searching Hot and Bothered wherever you find your podcasts. Hey listener, this is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while cackling, telling each other barely related stories, and sometimes admitting some unexpected truths right in front of you. This week is part two of Midnight Sun, and as such, Aaron and I have a favor to ask of you. The Quileutes are a real tribe located in the Pacific Northwest and they weren't consulted on their inclusion or representation in the Twilight series. Their likeness was used, and many would argue, abused, in this series, and they haven't collected a dime from the hundreds of millions of dollars that this franchise is still generating. Right now, they're taking donations so they can move their school, future housing, and other infrastructure out of the tsunami zone where they're currently located. We donated $250 last week, and we would love for you to donate whatever you can. If you bought Midnight Sun, read any of the previous books, or have ever watched a Twilight movie, go to mthg.org and donate anything. Even the price of a coffee, because every little bit helps. I'll include that link in the show notes so that you can find it easily. And now... I owe you an explanation. I ran into some computer issues around 10 minutes into recording this episode. Luckily, I caught the problem, and the audio we already had down was saved. But when I restarted my computer, I didn't check the audio input on my recording software, and I didn't record through my fancy microphone. So I sound just like I always do for roughly the first 10 minutes, And then after that, it's amateur hour. I'm so sorry, but re-recording wasn't an option. All right, settle in for part two of the silliest breakdown of Midnight Sun possible. Here we go. Hello, Erin. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Mel. How are you? Aaron. You know what was really funny to me about this just now is that <laughs> we were laughing about something. Uh-huh. And then for some reason, when we got ready to record, both of us were like, okay, okay. Here we go. Calm down. We no got giggles. We got We've got to <laughs> get our fucking face. game faces on. Professionalism. Our, 
yeah, last year. We gotta get into we gotta get into character. <laughs> as what if we're was not, that? As if we're not just absolute fools from start to finish. <laughs> as if we don't usually start episodes screaming, like mid-scream. <laughs> that was so weird of us. Why do we do that? I agree. Well, I think it's because I actually have banter I want to talk about. That's the thing that's throwing me off. Yeah, lay it on me. Because I right. have housekeepings. Here, here's I what happened. Uh, if I remember them. Okay, wait. Let me think about them. Thinking about the housekeepings. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't write, <laughs> write them down. <laughs> Sorry. Come on. Come at me. Are you putting me in your, your mind palace? <laughs> uh, yeah. I turned the corner. I went into the kitchen. Ooh, yum. There's some snacks. Ooh, Ritz crackers. Slicing myself off piece of bread. Put some cheese on it. Oh, no. What happened? <laughs> That's what happens in my mind palace. Same. I always go right to that kitchen and start eating some candy, get some Oreos. Yep. Okay, listen. So What's up? We were driving. We were driving like 40 minutes. I can't handle any stories about driving right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> nope. I read 300 pages. No. Block it out. It's not about driving. It's about playlists. Okay. I All swear right. to God, if you tell me the make and model of the car you were in and how fast it could go and what the engine was and the specs and the paint job, Aaron, I swear to God, we're not I'll murder yet. you in your face. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so Michael, to keep like, because Xiaomi's not great in the car or whatever, and so to keep everybody like low key, but the driver still okay to drive and not like lullabies or whatever... He downloaded this playlist that's like instrumental covers of pop songs or whatever. So honestly, a lot of it is like a metric fuck ton of Ed Sheeran, you know, just like by mm -hmm. pianos or string quartets, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then there was a song that came on. I had no idea. I'd never heard it before. So I looked down and I commented to Michael, huh, that song's called Body Like a Back Road. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> so I sat there for a couple of seconds and I go, dusty, <laughs> potholes, no, really? uh, overgrown with dried out blackberry bushes, uh, <laughs> gravel, if you like, if like you're really lucky, some gravel. <laughs> and meanwhile, uh -huh. he's sitting there. First, he gives me like that really confused emoji face, you know, with the with the monocle. <laughs> and, uh -huh. then, and then he's like, as I'm doing more descriptors, he starts going, curvy it's like like a curvy mill like a like a winding road it's like it's a curvy no, it's fun to drive on because of the curves <laughs> you dummy was that a pile of manure over there huh Stop <laughs> the free-range cattle must have come through recently oh, yeah is that a possum Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. There are vermin on this road. <laughs> Get the vermin. <laughs> anyway, then we listened to the song and it turns out Michael was right. It was a curveball for me, <laughs> but Michael was the correct one <laughs> in that situation. Uh. So then by the end of the day, he was like, first of all, never write a song. And so he stomped on all my dreams. <laughs> and then he... And then he <laughs> I'd love to hear that song. I think the HBs would too. No, by the end of the night, we started we started singing "Body Like a Trash Bag." And other, yeah, and other terrible shit. Oh, so good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, this is really funny. 
<laughs> Has this trash bag sprung a leak? <laughs> I mean, anyway. in, there's n- you're not going to top. Is there a possum in there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I would start the episode crying out of hilarity, and it turns out I was right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I have housekeepings. Okay, housekeepings. Ooh. <laughs> the, the first one. Stop putting cheese on that cracker. <laughs> I the first one. Ooh. Is that at the end of the last episode, one of my lady loves was that honest trailer for Twilight, and I said at the end, it's wrong. The, there was the scene of Edward sucking out the blood of yeah. Bella, and then there was somebody over the top of it going. It's not in there. It's not in the honest trailer. And then I thought it was maybe in the bad lip readings, and I watched all the bad lip readings, which are also fantastic. Same. I can't find it. HBs. There is some Twilight Internet parody video that has where edward is like it is hilarious but i don't know what it is and i was wrong last time so if you guys can find it that's great but sorry i led you astray no do not be sorry because honestly that was an internet rabbit hole i didn't know i needed at 10 30 at night when i was trying to get the episode out i was like going through for show notes Mm -hmm. and um i i knew about three videos in that i wasn't gonna find it and yet i kept Mm -hmm. watching because it they exists. are so I swear funny. I didn't dream it. I think I've seen um, it too. I have a memory of it as well. Yeah, okay. maybe this is like one of those collective memories that people have mm-hmm. that doesn't exist. There's a name for that. Okay. The other thing is we we've gotten a couple people that have like sent us like intellectual style breakdown critiques of Twilight and like the, uh, the links to like the LDS church mythology. And oh. the all the the feministy the all you know the the intellectual stuff where people have broken sure. down things and found the abstinence you know messages and the you, listen okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna do all that <laughs> we're not gonna do all that you guys listen wasted- that is selectively in our wheelhouse and today is not that day <laughs> yes. It's not that day. I just there's we so much of that you, out there. You can go find all of that and yeah. how exactly Twilight uh, harmed the minds of young men and women through various means. And yeah, uh, we know that we're just doing something and, different. Yeah, we yeah. we got it. We're just we're just doing a different thing. If you would like to hear us do intellectual reading of book, check out Pleasure. Yeah. We, Blew our loads on that episode, and now we're done for a good couple of months at least. So yeah, but I just want to acknowledge that. Thank you for emailing us, um, but we're we're not going to touch on it. Maybe I'll just include the links in the show notes. I can't promise anything. Sure, but sure, sure. sure yeah, I could definitely maybe. do that because I do think it's very interesting and very important. Yeah, people have written theses, yeah. all kinds of stuff about yeah. how this kind of literature affects people and the mm-hmm. psychology stuff and the feminist stuff and the you know it's it, it's interesting. Right. But I can't. I can't. I don't have it. It's just I don't not, have the no. I don't have the energy. What I did for y'all this week was read 350 more pages of this book. That's what <laughs> yeah. I did for you. That's what I did. So, oh, well, did I? I read 300. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. I maybe read 300 you even. bitch. Listen, guys, there was like a hundred page epilogue at the end of that this shit show. That epilogue is an hour long in the audio. 
let's talk let's talk about the audio because both of us switched over oh yeah you guys if you were to look at my audible catalog Uh yeah i don't like i don't like to listen to the audio for the podcast i know that melody you kind of regularly do that um so you can do it while you do other things i can only do that if i also like have the book to read as well Okay, because so I have I, to actually I really have like to look at it because I like to highlight things and I like to make notes and I feel like if I'm Gets listening to it while better. I'm doing stuff, yeah, I can't latch onto it and I can't like make notes in real time to come back to when we're recording. Right. So the only books I buy on Audible are the shittiest <laughs> ones we read. They are the ones that like it's two hours to podcast yeah. and unless I listen to this on three times speed, there's nothing that can be done. <laughs> and so like my Audible looks like, you know, I think the last one was Thanksgiving. So almost a year ago, <laughs> I had to power through Thanksgiving on the Audible. <laughs> was the last one that I had to just like muscle yeah. my way through. Um, but I just wanted to say that the narrator for this, he's good. It's not his fault that the book is this book. Um, but he's, he's Midwestern or Northern Midwestern or maybe Canadian. I'm not sure. And every uh-huh. time he said blood bag, it was just music <laughs> to my Illinois ears. I loved it. Um, so I just wanted to say shout out to the narrator of this book. Uh, I I loved his like and like Graj. Oh, Grash, like, yeah. Grash. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to the narrator for fully and totally with his whole body committing to all of the roars that, Ed- <laughs> er, uh, that Edward there does. Are, you know what? There <laughs> are a couple moments in his performance that were really good. Like when when Edward was when she's like dying in the in the ballet studio and he like goes through he's like that that like when she's dying he was doing he was doing pretty good with what he had to work with yeah totally going through all the different like things edward is thinking did pretty Uh good all right all right but we're not there book unfortunately we're you know where we are aaron we're in that truck headed from that meadow to that house oh one of the things that I didn't mention in the meadow that was really funny is when he did math for uh, for like two pages. We never oh. mentioned that last week. Do you remember when I he had... did so much math? Yes, I <laughs> guys, do remember that. When he was trying to literally <laughs> not eat her and fuck her to death, um, he did like <laughs> math for two pages. He's like, how many blades of grass are in the middle? Car- carry the two plus, plus five clouds. Like it was like nature math. Like how many insects do I think there are in the meadow? Like it was strange. I just wanted to say that because we forgot to, we were so ready to be done that we were just like, we yeah, were. yeah, meadow, we throw the tree. Bye. <laughs> okay. But now we're in this truck. And he's driving. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's driving. Um, he turns on that radio and then turns it back off again because who could hear the radio over the clunkety clunk of her geriatric engine? That's a thing we have to know. Oh, um, he hates that truck. He does. Then we get to go through how every single member of his family became a part of the family. Uh, Every for the first time, one but of them. Don't worry, this isn't the last time we no. have to hear this story. It's gonna happen like three more times. Uh huh. Anyway, you know the story, you guys. You know how everybody joined the family. You know that because you read that book, right? So then we're back at his house. I think at her house. Sorry, her house. Yeah. She's like, "Won't you come in? 
And he's like, yeah, you need to get some food in you. Oh, we, yes. I, ha, you haven't eaten in so long. I've got to keep feeding you. Ha. You're like a turtle <laughs> yeah, he, that I he, own. Like, he says things like, Bella would ha- has to eat every three to four hours a, a calorie <laughs> meal of four to five hundred calories. And she also must be hydrated. It's like she's like a plant or like. Yeah. He, he has no concept of. He has to keep reminding himself of how many calories she needs to consume. Let's review later on. He literally asks Carlisle to text Alice that Bella needs to eat three meals over a 24-hour period <laughs> and stay hydrated as if he's writing out, like, this is how this is how you take care of my gerbil while I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what I'm fuck? saying. It's very strange. Okay, so anyway, he, like, uh, Ch- Charlie's not home yet, and so <laughs> she's heating up some lasagnas. Or something. It's a casserole. It's an it's an Italian casserole of some Which sort. Which sounds like a lasagna to yeah, me. Yeah, it does. But isn't that these, these are foreign human things to Edward? Who knows? He's from Planet Vampire, <laughs> and he doesn't understand <laughs> what foods are or what people do. Wow, this is where he says that he literally comes to her house every night to watch yeah, her he, sleep and watches yeah. her say her sleep words of love. Yes, she doesn't seem to be very concerned. Except for that he listens to, like, she thinks she might have said something embarrassing. Right. Yeah, that's that's always been her thing. She's like, oh, you found out that I love you? And he's like, yeah, we, yeah, I found out before you did me because I've been abusing our relationship up until this <laughs> Do you think anyone in the history of time has whispered, like, I love you? insert name here oh my god in their sleep as a confession of love like multiple times like (laughs) she apparently does this all night every night i love (laughs) edward i love edward edward in her sleep that's so strange i don't think any human person has ever done that (laughs) early in this so a couple of years ago the most like oh no no, memorable thing i've said every time every time on this show i say no human no human has done x you like get this little look and then you're like well a couple of years ago hit me with it melody what did you do i Rolled over in bed real quick, and I said, where's my mango? (laughs) (laughs) And then, (laughs) just a couple of nights, I apparently (laughs) sneezed and then sang a full surprise song afterwards. What's a surprise song, (laughs) Melanie? So I went... I went like, "Hachoo!" Oh, 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 stuff in his sleep sometimes but they're what i call david catchphrases <laughs> he says good to go probably like 15 times a day at least it's good to go it's good to go uh-huh or like he says like 
Like so in his sleep, he'll he'll like say things like "It's good to go, it's squared away," or you know, whatever. Fucking send it. You know, like that's the kind of thing he says in his sleep. Like, fucking, let's just do this. You know, yeah, let's just do this. That kind of thing is what he mutters in his sleep. He's never he's a sleep talker, but he has never muttered, "Aaron, Aaron, I love, I love you." you. <laughs> no, it's fucking send it. Let's do this. <laughs> so, um, you know, <laughs> apples and oranges, I guess. <laughs> That would freak me the fuck out. Honestly, that would freak me out. I'd be like, this guy's too into me. I don't don't know if I need to be married to this person anymore. That's too much. The ripcord is what we gotta do. (laughs) Okay, all right. So listen, a lot of shit happens (laughs) when when they're in this night times. Well, okay. So what she does her casserole. Charlie does come home. Edward hides when Charlie's yeah. home, right? And she talks to him about how she's like not really into any of the boys in Forks. Yeah. You know, he they talk about the dance basically. Like, you know, if any boys ask you to dance, right. do, 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 do. and she's like, "I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed at 6 p.m." Oh, yeah. I'm so tired. Ooh. And so like she goes into her bedroom, Edward's there, then she like leaves to change into her pajamas. And she's, like, very nervous about her pajamas. And then they whisper at each other and stare at each other for, like, a long time until she falls asleep and then he watches her sleep all night. The only thing I recall from this conversation is that uh, my gal Bella Mm -hmm. is like, so when Rosalie and Emmett get married, is it, like, a real marriage? (laughs) Yes. And Edward's like, Edward, confused. What does real marriage? Do vampires fuck? Like, yeah. she just wants to know, do you have a penis? That's all she's trying yes. to say to Edward. Like, do, do you have a penis or is it just smooth and shiny and sparkly down there? That's Edward, what I need to know. quick question. Do you know what a boner is? That's <laughs> me, Bella. Here I am, Bella. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> Friendo. Do you know what that tight feeling in your pants is. And Edward's answer to this is a resounding no, I don't. Well, basically, he says that that can never happen with them. Right. Because, because he could squish her like a grape. Stinky. Yeah. So and like, smelly if, and stinky. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's so stinky that he might crush her skull. <laughs> it's like, when I'm making out with you, Bells, I have to consciously think about not crushing your skull like right. like the, the mountain in Game of Thrones. Like, yes. it could just easily accidentally fucking happen. I could just pop your face off of your face. I could so just I could grab just your rip. jaw and it would come off in just my hand. Come right off. <laughs> if I'm not constantly being like, don't. That's right. what could happen. So I don't really think it's a good idea for us to have sex because as that honest trailer for the Twilight movie says, I could fuck you to death. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of that thing where it's like a romance challenged by the fact that he might accidentally fuck her to death. Oh, it's incredible. Okay. And anyway, and this is when he realizes that when her heart speeds up, that it might be attraction. And not My fear. God, this this dummy. <laughs> also, do you know what he says in here is like when she's like leaning in to like snuggle with him. Uh-huh. He says that she smells like lavender or freesia. Dot dot uh-huh. dot. Mouth watering. Yeah. Yum yum. Freesia. Freesia, my favorite <laughs> spice. <laughs> freesia, <laughs> the best snack around. The seasoned salt of flowers. <laughs> 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 okay, then he 
leaves to go talk to Rosalie. He does fuck off, even though he, this is this is a good setup because he promises her, Bella, I will stay with you all night. This is one of many promises that Edward makes in the moment, knowing that he is absolutely not going to no. fucking keep it. And later in the book, he says something like, I've never lied to her. I could never lie to her. Fucking it's like, you false. lie to her all the fucking time, Constantly. Edward. Constantly. Also, you stay with her all night, like, every night, all the Why time. Why couldn't it be the tonight? one night she gives you consent to do so, you can't hold it together to stay all night. It's nuts. So anyway, he does go talk to Rosalie, and we have to do a stupid conversation with Rosalie's petulant face. One line. What's up? As he leaves, he considers, I considered Alice's fairly well-developed friendship with Bella, of which Bella was completely ignorant. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. It was just like so strange. Oh, oh, and what is oh, this? Yeah. Okay, tell when me. he comes back, because he comes back too. Wait, yeah, maybe he, he hasn't left yet. I don't remember. I gazed at her now, deep in her dreams. Oh, he hasn't left yet. I've moved to the floor beside her bed. When she'd begun her nightly gyrations. What did that mean? What, what mean? You're right? Is she like a little humping? Like just, does she like hump? just the tiniest Does she humps? hump on the mattress? Is that how <laughs> Bella gets it done? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, that's how says, like 3% of women get it done. I've seen the pie charts in Cosmo. It's true. Mattress humping. Don't you, know, you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. I see the look on your face and I'm not. No. <laughs> no for me it's not mattress something but that's because i sleep with a body pillow <laughs> <laughs> you bitch i told you not to <laughs> it's rare but a delight when it happens you know <laughs> it's so gross. what Look, a lovely surprise i'm gonna have to go in your bedroom at some point in the future and then i'm gonna see it i'm gonna know and it's gonna gross me out hey Aaron. yeah hey, guess what I fuck Michael. You're going to have to see Stop him it. again Stop at some point. Hey, Michael. Weird thing. Or Aaron, weird thing. Uh, Michael has been inside me. No. <laughs> what? I'm good at it in concept. I just don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Like specific, I don't want to talk about specifically. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it specifically being body pillow or Michael. Okay. <laughs> well, that leaves out. I mean, there are a lot of other options. So let's just talk about Rosalie and her petulant face. I don't know why I'm in a weird mood right now. I don't know, but poking it is very funny to me. <laughs> yeah, you love poking stuff. Ka-ching! You did it! It's a, it oh, was a joke. Did you, okay. Did you guys hear it? So, basically, the only thing is, like, he goes to talk to Rosalie, and he's like, Bells is coming over tomorrow, even though I haven't asked her and she hasn't said yes yet. Alice saw the vision. It's gonna happen. And Rosalie's like, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate her. I hate that she's a human. I hate that I'm not a human. I hate everything. And I'm super selfish and very stubborn. And so, fuck everyone. My name is Rosalie. Mic drop out. Yeah. But there's a part of me, there's a part of me that's kind of like hashtag justice for Rosalie. I knew. I knew it. I, I knew it. I felt it in my bones, Aaron. Listen, imagine yourself, Rosalie. Uh -huh. You're in this weird culty family. 
with a mommy and a daddy and a brother and a sister, even though none of you are related. Mm-hmm. And one of your brothers brings home like a stinky teenager <laughs> who has no personality whatsoever. <laughs> and he's known her for two weeks and he's like, she is my life now. And you're like, uh-huh. stop it. Like, just don't. You're like, don't. Yeah. I don't want, like, don't ruin this girl's life. Don't, just don't. Don't reveal who we are to her. That's a big, right. don't tell one of the teenagers in town that we're all vampires. Like, I've got a good thing going here. Stop fucking it up, bro. I yeah. have a lot of sympathy for that. And at the end, when it's like one week later, and it's like, Bella's in danger, we must risk all of our lives. And she's like, no, fuck you guys. I'm not putting <laughs> on Bella's clothes to be the fucking bait in this situation. I don't know this bitch. And if I did, she doesn't have a personality to know. So like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I, I get that. I feel that deep in my all bones. Alright, right, fair enough. All right. Okay. Okay. So then he goes back in the morning and she wakes up and she's terrified that he's not there because he like gets a weird, I don't know, conscience boner when he gets back. And he's like, I don't know if it's presumptuous to get into her bed with her again, as if climbing into her window wasn't presumptuous on its own for the past few months. Anyway, Edward. And then um, so she wakes up and she's like, where are you? And he's, and he's like, there, you know, I'm and he's like, over oh, here in the chair. <laughs> and she's Bella. like, did I, did I say anything? This is like part of they're not able to have like eye contact, regular relationship conversations. <laughs> it's like, did I happen to murmur anything? Reveal anything? In my sleep last night? And he's like, yes, you did. You told me that you loved me. <laughs> and she's like, I love you. And he's well, like, you knew that. He almost says, I love you, too, which is the normal thing to say, Edward, but he realizes that it's not enough. So he says, you are my life now. You are my whole life now or something awful. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then he's like, he's like, wow, I get desensitized when I'm around you all the time. But when I leave, you stink so bad. (laughs) (laughs) This is stinky. You stink so bad. Good. And she's like, well, then. Never leave. <laughs> and he's like, oh, right. Uh. Yeah. It's like when you go into, like, the monkey room at a zoo, and, like, when you first <laughs> go in there, it's, like, really stinky. And you're like, ooh, the monkey room. I can't be in here very long. But then if you're in there, like, ten minutes, and you're, like, watching the monkeys, yeah. and they're, like, playing around, and, you know, monkeys are fun to watch do their thing, then you're like, no, nah, I can sit in here for, like, an hour. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's what Bella is. It's exactly like that. Yeah, yep. she's, she's, she's a baboon playing with a ball. <laughs> okay. All right. So. She at least smells like a baboon playing with a ball. <laughs> <sighs> all right. So then he says, all right, breakfast time. And oh, she decides God. to attempt a personality. And she goes, <gasps> and acts like really, really scared. And he's so terrified. He's like ready to grab her. And abscond yes. with her into the hills. But he can't even figure out what she's afraid of. He says breakfast time. And then she like makes big saucer eyes and like puts her hands over her neck. And he's like, the doy. What could she be afraid <laughs> of? Like checks behind him. Is there a tiger in the room now? Like, my God, did a murderer get in? It's like, duh, the thing that you're worried about her being afraid of every waking Constantly. moment. 
constantly. Yeah, and so anyway, he's like, oh, she thinks she's so funny now. And like, thank goodness he he recognizes it as a bad joke because I don't know if I would have been able to handle it otherwise. And then, you guys, something incredible happens. Tell me. Something absolutely magical and so impressive that Edward has to, like, make a note of it. And that is Bella in her element making a bowl of cereal. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) When you were in the lead up to this, I was just like, what could this possibly, nothing incredible happens in this book. What could, what could possibly, yes, you guys, she takes that milk out of the fridge. Oh, she takes and then she grabs the bowl. Oh, and then she hits the door with her hip and closes oh, something man. with her foot or something. Oh, yeah. Pulls and then she grabs that spoon. Dropping it. Oh, jeez, girl. This is what Bella is like oh, at my gosh. home. Wow. In her element. <laughs> strange. Yes, I forgot about that. That was extremely strange. <laughs> and then um, um, he tells her that she should introduce her to her dad. Yeah, and she's, and she's like, really like, why? Nah, man. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I'd like maybe you to introduce me to your dad. Because he already talks about he's he wants her to come over to his house and meet his family that right. morning. Because, and this is a big problem I have just generally with the book, is oh. because Alice had a vision that they were going to. Yeah. No one in this book has any free will. The author of this book... And the entire Twilight series is Alice. Mm. Because no one decide, no one's been thinking about this. No one decides to do this. Alice just has a vision and is like, tomorrow you guys are going to come over to the house and meet the family. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, then I guess we have to. And that's so many things. Is Alice just telling them that something will happen and so then they do it? Well, and see, that's really interesting because I feel like this book really broke her visions in other ways later on. Like Stephanie Meyer spent so much time explaining Alice's visions and going through different visions that happen and like all the things. Right. And so we really in this book get to see the nitty gritty poke your eyes out mechanics of these visions. Poke your eyes out mechanics is so such an (laughs) an apt way. Thank you describing her choose your own adventure bullshit throughout the the book yeah and so so much of the book is predicated on alice saw this and so it will happen don't fight alice's visions and yet the other i don't know 35 percent of the book is like well if i make this choice then the vision changes and then if i make that choice then the vision changes and then she she can see other people Like, it says that she can see vampires the best and humans not as well, but Mm -hmm. she can't really see other vampires until she can, and then she can't really see other vampires until they interact directly with her family, unless she doesn't see them interacting with her family. Like, Like, this book tried to set up its own rules for this power, and then it didn't follow any of the rules for the fucking power. And I had less of a problem with that. I did, you know, but, like, the bigger problem for me was that she predicted everything 
whether rightly or wrongly or hazily or in a knot or in a ribbon or whatever. Sure. And then that determined the story. So when they're at the end, when they're trying to evade James the Tracker, they're trying to do a cover story for the such and such. It's all like check in Alice's vision and see what we should do. No one has any like ideas for themselves. Right. Or thinks about, like, what should we do next? It's always check with Alice and then just do the route that she thinks is most. Yeah. I don't know. I And it just mirrors the story because no one's ever risking anything and no one's ever. It's all very predictable because there's uh-huh. literally somebody predicting every step. Right. It's very strange. Anyway. And so then he's like, you need to introduce me to your dad because otherwise yeah. he's likely to take out a restraining order because I'm going to be here so much. And her takeaway on that is you're going to be here. So oh, much so at my the house. Time? And then she like doesn't want to introduce him as her boyfriend because she thought he was more. And it's like, oh well, you God. know, what are you gonna be like? Hey dad, what are you gonna this say is my to your dad. immortal life partner that I've known for a week and a half. Like just let's just go with boyfriend. But no, we have to spend seven pages on well, that's a pretty literal interpretation of boy. And <laughs> what's a friend? Uh-huh. And what's a boyfriend? And what's a and <laughs> what are we? And it's like just uh-huh. it's this. T- sh- I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And then she's like, "You have me until you don't want me anymore." And Bella's no. like, "Bella want Edward forever. I will always want you, Edward." And then he's like, "Well, but she's a stupid mortal, and she thinks about things like stupid mortals do, so she doesn't yeah. know what she thinks or wants yeah. or knows." <laughs> Which is why Edward should make all decisions for her now that Edward is her keeper and her protector, vampire guardian, jailer, angel, jailer. Vampire That's a great guardian one. Angel. So she puts on her very best blue shirt that he just loves this blue shirt. And then he goes in for like a smooch When she comes down the stairs. No, she comes down the stairs and she falls. And so he catches her because Bella clumsy. (laughs) And then he tries to kiss her again. And what happens, Aaron? Because he says she's so tempting. And she's like, what do you mean? Tempting. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I'm beautiful. Do you like me, Edward? And he's like, should you, I show you? Do you want me like as a... Ew. Edward actually says, she asked me if I wanted her as a woman wants a man. Ah! Ah! Or as a man wants a woman is what he said. <laughs> sure. Sorry. Ah! Ah! Also. <laughs> All right. Moving with, I'm going to read it because it's ridiculous, you guys. It's so funny. She's already fallen down the stairs and he's already caught her as she's fallen down the stairs. Now, moving with what caution I could muster in the face of what I was feeling, I pressed my lips more firmly against her, savoring their soft yield. I was not as much in control of myself as I should have been. I let my lips fall open, wanting to feel her breath in my mouth. That's kind of a weird one. I don't like just, that at all. <laughs> just, I don't like it Just at that it. moment, her legs seemed to give out, and she slid through my arms toward the floor. I caught her at once, holding her upright. I held her head with my left hand, rocked it loose on her neck. Her <laughs> eyes were closed, and her lips were white. Bella! I shouted, panicking. She gasped in a loud breath and her eyelids fluttered. I realized that I hadn't heard the sound of her breathing in a while. (laughs) Longer than was right. Another ragged breath and her feet struggled to find the floor. You, she sighed with her eyes still half closed, made me faint. (laughs) She had actually stopped breathing. 
to kiss me. Dear God. Uh, what? I, I. How long was that kiss? Do you know how long I, you have to hold your breath to faint? Uh, well, unless you are Bella, I guess. Oh my God. Because it seemed like seconds. Listen. And then he's <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he's like, Bella, I, I can't take you anywhere like this. And she's like, you're just, you're too good. You're too good at everything. I I read a review of this book where it said that his compulsion or his obsession with her fragility and vulnerability and like constantly being endangered. Yes. It borderlines on like a fetish that he has with her. Yeah. And I really liked that explanation. Like he fetishizes how, how like, chronically she unhealthy and injured she is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's almost like Munchausen, except he's not actively hurting her. Right. Or I guess Munchausen's, Munchausen's by proxy. By proxy. Yeah, by proxy. Anyway, no, and then uh, and then afterwards, he says, like, he says, like, wow, she, I wonder if she stopped breathing in order to make it easier for me. That seems like a Bella thing to do. <laughs> does seem like a Bella thing to do. It does. And meanwhile, I'm like, well, Edward, if you had only told her about that kink that you have about her breathing in your mouth, (laughs) then, like, she wouldn't have done that. Can you imagine the stinkiest person you know just, like, breathing (laughs) into your mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So they go to the house. She's not worried that they're going to eat her. She's worried that they won't like her. And so Esme is being a fucking weirdo. And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) and she's like moving really slowly and being like, hi, Bella. Hello. Has Edward played piano for you, Bella? Have you seen my special boy do a (laughs) recital for you? Because he's so talented. And and Bella's like, no, but I shouldn't be surprised because he's good at everything. And Esme's like, Edward, have you been showing off? Because that's rude. And I, I taught you to be a more respectful little boy. I just were. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, and then, so then he plays piano for her. And so then he spends 30 pages. We watch him spend 30 pages playing the piano and being really neurotic about whether or not he's been showing off mm-hmm. and like wondering if he's like been making Bella feel bad because he's yeah, been a I mean, rude boy who has shown off. It takes a toll on you when your mommy who's younger than you tells you that you've been a rude little boy. <laughs> It does. Psychologically damaging. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Anyway, so then he's like, I'll make it better by playing her song. And so he's like, this one is inspired by you. And as he's playing his creepy lullaby, he thinks to himself, can she tell that this song came straight from my ball sack? No, he's singing to himself. Can she tell that this song is about how how what she looks like when she's sleeping? <laughs> watching her sleep for months. No, actually, what he says is, can you can she tell this song came straight from my core? Which I'm sorry, yeah, sure. Edward is your ball sack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah. 
I think he means anyway. soul melody. Not <laughs> I doubt it. Sack. Aaron, he just discovered that part of his anatomy. Let him <laughs> revel in it for a little while. Okay? Fine. No, um, I'm, so- I'm fucking around. I just want to wait real quick. Yeah. I do want to say that as I was reflecting on last week's episode, I kept on saying like, I like we kept on wondering, is he has he been asexual up until this point? Or, you know, even aromantic, both of them seemed as if they were aromantic before they met each other. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty clear that Stephanie Meyer has written both of them as demisexuals, who like, you know, don't have the Mm -hmm. terminology for it. You know what I mean? Because they I don't. I mean, honestly, I, what she, I think she what she's that, intending but. to do is write about. I mean, we said we weren't going to do this, but from, oh, sorry. from <laughs> we, the analysis through like the LDS lens that yeah, it's kind of like this. We when we read it as romance readers, it seems like a faded mate sort of thing. Like you're not sure. really interested in anyone until you meet your faded mate. Mm-hmm. But there is that in in some of these like kind of Christian ideologies of like. Yeah. Until you meet the person who is the other half of your soul, who you're supposed to spend eternity with in the next life, whatever Mm -hmm. that may be, you're not awakened to these kinds of things. And then when you find that person and you join your souls together and you shmur, shmur, shmur in the world, then then all of these things awaken in you. And that's what's going on here. If you look at it through that mythology and that ideology. And that's what I think she's trying to do. Yes. But yeah, sure, ball sacks and what were you saying? Demi- demisexuality. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Hey, HBs. I'm so excited to tell you about a new book. Kim Lorraine's Ignite is a steamy, forbidden age gap contemporary romance written in the world of Kay Bromberg's everyday heroes. Here's the description. She's everything I swore to stay away from but I was never good at resisting temptation. When I picked up my life and moved to California, I left my hometown, my past, and my heart back in Sunrise, Montana. I never wanted to look back. I didn't want to look forward either. All I needed was the job to keep me going, until Lark sparked something inside me. But she's nearly half my age, and I'm too much for her, too broken, too selfish to give her what she deserves. Even though I know it's wrong to want her, I can't resist. Every time we come together, our world catches fire. It only takes one touch for us to ignite. Number one New York Times bestseller, Lauren Blakely says, it's hot, sexy, emotional. Plus the hero is a cowboy and a firefighter. Sign me up. This delicious treat is available now, so make sure you click the link in the episode notes and get this in your brain. Okay, now the weirdest thing in the whole book happens. Are you ready, Erin? Are you ready? The weirdest thing in the whole book is not the next thing on my list, so go for it. What what is going on? So by the time the song ends, because his lullaby ends tragically, where she either gets rid of him or he fucks her to death. Yeah, either <laughs> one, really. I get to be inside you. 
Here's what happens. First, he talks about vampire anatomy, and he says that oh, Carlisle oh. thinks. <laughs> I forgot. Shut I'm here with you. I'm here. I'm here. Yes. He starts talking about vampire anatomy, and he's like, oh. Carlisle thinks that what happens is that like, the blood literally goes into our, like, it goes into our bodies, and then we literally like sponge it into our muscles and get get like there's no um there's no digestion or anything like that it just like powers our bodies directly like they're more porous or something like that yeah Mm -hmm. so it says uh, so he reaches out and he catches her tear and it says i swallowed bella's tear perhaps it would never (laughs) leave my body after she left me after all the lonely years had passed Maybe I would always have this piece of her inside me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Do you have anything to say before I start on my weird thoughts? Please go. <laughs> this is All right, all I can do before, right now. Right before he says that. So he says that Carlisle's idea oh, no! is that... <laughs> They're like vampire molecules are like more spread out, and so the blood just like it's just like osmosis throughout. That's kind of what you explained. So then it says um, nothing besides blood seemed to move through us. Okay, so they drink the blood, (laughs) and then the blood moves through them. Mm -hmm. So he knows. That the only thing that moves through him is blood. To me, that means they shit plasma. (laughs) Or blood, or whatever they don't use of the blood comes out their butts. Is that not what that means? Oh my god, Aaron is the only thing they just shit clot. Maybe nothing besides blood seemed to move through us at all. So that means blood moves through them. I stared at that sentence for a, like a solid minute. Where I was like, Stephanie, what are you doing? I could have thought I could have lived my whole life without thinking about Edward Cullen sitting on a toilet shitting blood, Stephanie. It's, but here I am. I guess we've got to know every fucking detail of this guy's life. So then it goes into the the tear thing. And the idea is that because it's not blood, it would just sit in his stomach forever like like a piece of bubble gum or an apple seed or a fingernail. You know, all those things that your parents told you not to swallow because you can't digest them and they'll grow a tree in you. Um, But then I remembered, do you recall when they were eating lunch 500 pages ago and he took a bite of an apple? And he would have to vomit it back up. Do you think that's what happened? It was pizza. That's what he said. He said I would have to herp it the fuck back up. He did? Yeah. So later he went and purged that pizza up so it wouldn't sit in his stomach? Yes, that's what he did. For eternity? Yeah. Okay, ah. all right, that's fine. Okay, so, I, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Because when I read this, I was a little concerned that there was, like, some rotting food just sitting inside Edward, making his breath super stinky 
forever. No. But I'm now glad to know that he did purge that bite of food so thoroughly that it's all out of there. Definitely Mm -hmm. no remnants. And now his GI tract is completely clean to now preserve. And ready for that tear. Tear. All right. So point three. When the loved one cries, have you ever reached out and like eaten their tear? No. Just let me. (laughs) Would you mind if I. (laughs) I just. Oh, I see you've got some in there. Lick. No. No. Strange. That's not a thing. Yeah. I I'm cons- I feel like he might eat a lock of her hair any moment. I'm sure it happened. <laughs> I swear to God, if she does new moon, he snips a lock of her hair to eat before he fucks off. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm certain of it. All right. Alice has had a vision that there will be visitors that come. So just so oh, you know, yeah. that's... We can't be surprised by anything in this book. So visitors are coming. Not to mention that apparently right now she can see vampire strangers. Vampire strangers are coming. They're going to come tomorrow. But it doesn't. Idea, but she she says that they have no interaction with them. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay, Steph. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. those fucking rules. Thanks. Thanks for the rules, Steph. All okay. right. Now we get to learn all about Carlisle's background. He was born in the 1600s and I care about none of it. It it's is about 90 pages. Page called or is a chapter called Carlisle. And a lot is of the really? I read for this book said that the highlight of the book was the backstories about Carlisle and the other family members because they were Oof. the only thing we hadn't already read in Twilight, which I can understand that stance. However, I was bored to tears because it had if nothing like to do the with Cullens, the central story. Yeah. yeah. If you find the Cullens compelling, then I'm sure this book will be awesome for you. I don't find them compelling at all. I think they're fine, but I don't give a shit. Yeah. It does feature Carlisle swimming to France, which it does. <laughs> which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then I a think lot. maybe swimming to America question mark. Yeah. He sw- He goes to the <laughs> continent somehow. Oh no, not the continent. He goes to the Swims new world. Swims around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now we get to find out about my favorite thing in the whole book, my favorite detail that we what? didn't know before. Yes. This this happened. I was in the living room trying to finish this Wait, fucking no. book last night. What? Can I read one sentence to you? Of course. Sorry, time. It says, I guess dot dot dot. It sounds reasonable. Question mark. Her explanation ended in a higher pitch. Like oh, a yeah. question. She was asking a question. Stephanie Meyer? <laughs> I read the question mark. <laughs> Do not give me two more sentences about how it ended with a higher Don't pitch. Don't tell me about as punctuation. If it was a question. I read it as a question. The audible actor, he saw that question mark and he also raised his voice at the end. Raised his voice. And then that poor actor had to read the next two sentences of exposition about the punctuation. I might, I might like get some mystery when I read it the first time, so that the other two sentences could have some kind of meaning. (laughs) I guess that sounds reasonable. I was reading lifting it at the end, as if it's. (laughs) That's what I wish you would have (laughs) done. I 
Reasonable. <laughs> Reasonable. Um, I was reading this in the presence of a friend last night. I had a friend over mm-hmm. and we read we read together in the same room. Cute. Yeah, it was cozy. And I got so mad when I read that. So I like I like slammed down the Kindle. I did some pacing in the cr- kitchen. Like I had to come. I had to leave and come back after I wasted my life on those two additional sentences. Completely. All yeah. right. Okay. Anyway, your very favorite thing in the whole book. Listen, I have a very favorite thing in this whole book, and yes. it surrounds Jasper. Okay? I don't know. So no, because I hate Jasper. Here's what happened. Okay, I can't. I didn't highlight the first passage, so I'm really sorry about it. I just mm-hmm. took a note. Basically, what happens is Alice and Jasper are around. So I'm sitting in the living room. Michael's watching basketball. And I read this part and I, I literally rolled on the floor cackling about it. Mm-hmm. It was so funny to me. And that is that Jasper, my understanding of Jasper's power is that he can influence emotions. But what we find out in this book is that Jasper gets high on <laughs> other people's emotions. <laughs> Maybe it's just like the actor that they cast to play like movie Jasper, but Jasper just grosses me out so much in so many oh ways. And now God. knowing that he's like an emotional vampire <laughs> that sucks Wait, people's ready? emotions out too. All right, yes. Jasper mm-hmm. followed her into the room, unable to help himself. The emotions inside were nearly intoxicating to him. Yep. In this moment, I knew Bella's feelings were just the same as mine. For there was no counterbalance to the atmosphere of bliss that Jasper was now getting high on. Yeah, he <laughs> likes being like around their horniness. It's very yes. weird. Yeah. He wants to be around their boners for each other, you guys. <laughs> He's just like sucking up those emotions. <laughs> yes. It's it's strange. There's actually so this is the conversation where they find out about the baseball game, and Alice is like, you should bring Bella. And Jasper is like, ugh, and is caught off guard. And then it says, internally, he readjusted his idea of what was to come. He would not be able to relax as he'd planned, but experiencing the emotions Bella and I made each other feel, yeah. that was a trade he could <laughs> accept. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, that's your brother. Oh, no. No, that's your brother. <laughs> but Hashtag it brother it, stuff. It's not no. your brother. No, like, it that's is. The Hashtag it's, brother stuff. It's only your brother when it's like convenient for it to be. When it's yeah, like, it's this true. is my brother. And then when it's like, I just want to get a little bit high off your boners. Would you mind if I just tap into your boners a little bit? Then it's like, oh, we're not related. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. It's exactly like that. And Edward is so cool with this. He's like, I listen to Heaving Bosoms. Hashtag brother stuff. We're cool. <laughs> brother stuff is fine. I do want to give a quick content warning that during this like long Carlisle chapter, there's a really unnecessary story about a pedophile for no oh, reason. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a good a good 10 pager about a pedophile that's kind of like a, like, I I don't know. It's rough and I don't want to talk like, about it. You're like in his brain and I don't want to go there but like, let, we're just letting you know. We're just letting you know. We had to it's read like, it. It's like the 15 or, or 25 pages that we spent in that would be a rapist's brain earlier in the book. Yeah, and Edward like, like why? saves him from pedophiling. It's rough. It's awful. So anyway, yeah. hmm. um, 
Okay, then they decide to go to baseball. Yeah, he picks her up and it's raining. Guys, that's the thing we know. You guys, I... Uh huh. I this Are is you my very favorite. <laughs> it's I, my second favorite. <laughs> sometimes when I'm just having a sad day, I YouTube that Twilight baseball scene. God, wait, it's stupid. Wait, yes. really quick before we get to mm-hmm. baseball, I do have to. I thought you were, I thought you were going to do something right before baseball. I'm sorry. My what? second favorite thing in the whole book is that when she gets into the car. And she's been in the rain. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> he leans over to kiss her and like shudders. And she's like, what? What's going on? And he's like, you smell so much more in the rain. <laughs> she's like. Stinky in the rain. She's like a, she's like a shaggy wet dog. She's like you a guys. dog. One of those shaggy dogs. <laughs> And you know what it is when a dog gets wet and then it's drying, all the bacteriums on that dog are going out into the, the air. Into the world. And then you're breathing them in. And that's why wet dogs are so stinky. And that's what's going on with Bella right now. All the bacteria on Bella are evaporating into the air and he's just breathing them in. Being like, gosh, you're stinky when you're wet. Oh, I'm so horny for your smelly wet dogness. <laughs> no, well, I was going to start with the fact that they go. So he, okay. <sighs> okay. So he All tells right. her vampires play baseball when it's thunder times. You guys, vampires love baseball. <laughs> they, love it. No they love it. They love it. They, and they have to wait until it's thunder times to play a baseball. Yeah. They go over to Charlie's house, her house, Charlie, Charlie uh-huh. Bella house. And they tell Charlie, I'm Edward's the, my boyfriend. And they say, you know, Edward's taking me on a date to go watch his family play baseball. Yes. And Charlie just says, okay. Actually, what he says is like, good luck to you. Har, yeah, har, because my girl man sports. Dur, dur, yeah. Dur. But never in it is like, wait, it's big storm outside. It's raining times out there. Where, where play baseball? <laughs> Why play baseball? Uh-huh. What do you mean? Your family, the four of you, playing <laughs> are just going to play a game of baseball? Like, I feel like any rational dad in the world hearing this story when it's yeah. raining and thundering outside... And this guy's like, yeah, we're going to go watch my three-person family play baseball would be it's like... It's a seven-person family, but yes. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> would be like, um, no, you're fucking my no, daughter, you're and you're not going anywhere with yeah. her. <laughs> Any any rational dad would be like, nope, like yep. swing and a miss, my friend. You're not playing I baseball. I know what parking is. Exactly. Okay. I've been to a lover's lane before, mon frere. So they've got to find a time when it's thundering, but not raining, in yeah. Seattle, yeah. in the special clearing where yeah. they're at, to play the baseball because they hit those balls so hard that it and sounds so like thunder. Yeah. Why would mm-hmm. they have to wait for there to be thunder and no rain? 
to Why go out. Why couldn't it just be rain somewhere else and to, they would make the thunder? They would bring the thunder, if you would will. Would it even need to be raining? Couldn't they just go out to that field in the middle of nowhere and play their baseball and people would be like, oh, it's thundering and not raining? Yeah. Which is the weather that they look for to play baseball? Yep. Also, let's, can we just, I know this isn't in the book, but the sure. outfits that were chosen for the <laughs> film are just, it's just some of the funniest, like, uh-huh. I just, the little hat that they put on Kristen Stewart. The teeny tiny hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's both teeny tiny and also way too big. <laughs> like, it's very shallow, but like, extremely wide. And, like, they all have their little baseball uniforms. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, God. Oh, it's so Alice has got those so knee ridiculous. socks on. Oh, oh, God. It's just some <laughs> of the stupidest choices anyone has ever made in film mm-hmm. or storytelling in history. It's so good. All okay, right. So they go so play now, their Okay, game so here's wait, but before there is a thing that happens before that I have to talk about. Okay. So he drives her in the Jeep because he knows that she doesn't like to be on his back. And then he drives her as far as he can, but then he has to go the rest of the way on foot with her on his back. And so he's like, all right, spider monkey, here we go. We're going to get on my back. And she says Which to herself. somebody said on our Instagram was a Robert Pattinson ad lib. <gasps> yes. Commenting on the episode. Who was that? Wasn't that Reads with E? Read with an E. Read with E? Yeah. Yeah. Re- yep. Yeah. I always think of Anne with an E, which is I know, right. same. <laughs> We're such yeah. hot dummies. If that is true, I I like Robert Pattinson, but I, I think I like him more. More. Definitely <laughs> like my more. My first reaction was like, ew, but then I was kind of like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, what else I did like you it. do on that set? That's great. Yeah. Okay, okay. he oh, sorry, knew sorry, what sorry, he sorry, was sorry. making. He is a smart, he's a smart actor. He's actually a good actor. Okay, yes. everybody, so... Okay, so he gets out of the Jeep, and she's like, actually, I think I'll just wait here. I'll just not play baseball with you guys. I'll just wait here, because it's so scary. She hates it. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like running around with him. Yeah, like, couldn't you have brought me an hour earlier so that we could just walk at a normal pace? We could do that hiking mm-hmm. thing we did when you were treating me like, you know, you respected my wishes. <laughs> Back when you respected my wishes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so this is supposed to, I think be a big romance but instead i found it to be a very uncomfortable and a large gross so he comes over and we are in his inner monologue and so he's thinking huh i'm gonna try to do something on purpose that i've done accidentally before it seems as though i've been able to dazzle her in the past and Uh when i dazzle her she forgets about her wants and needs and boundaries <laughs> preferences and fears. and so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna try to coerce her and i'm gonna look at her very intensely and i'm gonna get up into her space and then i'm gonna tell her that she needs to get on my back all right so this already doesn't start working for me because i i did have a partner at one point who like thought the sexiest thing in the world was to like come up and like intensely look and like loom into my <laughs> I wish you guys could see Melody's eyes. <laughs> it's like just like look deeply into my eyes and like and like sort of like like swagger up a little bit. Like you it was a so weird weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's true though. Anyway, 
I always found it to be very unsettling, and I would usually like make a weird joke to you know, ah, let's yeah. let's restart. We could be sexy again. I could do it. Anyway, so that's already not working for me. But then he kisses her, and then a strange new burning overtakes him. <laughs> and like fire and burning metaphors have definitely worked in other books really, really well. Uh, but when he does it, it always comes off as like a eunuch who somehow contracted an STI. You know, like it's like Edward sat down on a toilet seat. You know that myth yeah. where you can sit on a public toilet seat and come mm-hmm. away with chlamydia? Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it it always felt that the burning that he talks about when he smells her or touches her is a, like a literal burning like heartburn or actually because he talks about swallowing fire, you know, right. like searing pain of the burning. Like it seems literal. It's not like my soul burns for yours or, you know, no. it's not like this kind of metaphorical burning that I feel like works in a lot of books. It's like a physical hot swallowing coals burning. Right. So it's been of an actual physical thing. And now it has like morphed into this quote unquote new burning that he's experiencing in sexy times which makes me think that it can only be a burning in his urethra no but that's what i mean is because it's been like described as like a very physical painful swallowing hot cold sort of burning now i'm feeling like it's a very painful not metaphorical burning in his pants right because it yeah i didn't like it either is what i'm trying to say it's a big bad (laughs) oh and then he succeeds he successfully coerces her into doing the thing that she has very firmly said she does not want to do and he carts her over to the baseball so good job edward lost respect for her boundaries so she like when he gets there he like drops her or she like faints off of him or whatever and he like laughs at her because she like hit the ground funny and like her she was real surprised when she like smoked on the ground which is you know whatever but she gets real mad and stomps around because he laughed at her, and then it's a whole thing. Fine, whatever. I don't care about that. That I don't, except for the fact that like if if like a fly lands on her, he has to like protect yeah. her from it. And then this, he doesn't give a shit that he like she like hit her head and you know is embarrassed now. So he snaps at her, and I don't remember what he says. I remember. Okay, she says. What, you're allowed to get mad and I'm not? Because back in the car, oh, he, right. like, kissed her up real good, and then he was like, oh, you're gonna be the death of me. That's what it was. He said something, like, kind of mean to her. Yeah. And then she's like, well, you know, I'm mad, you got mad, you know, we can both get mad. And then he goes, can't you see, Bella? Don't you understand? She frowned, confused and frustrated. See what? I'm never angry with you, I explained. How could I be brave, trusting, warm as you are? Forgiving, kind, sympathetic, sincere, good, essential, crucial, life-giving. I could have gone on for a while, but she interrupted. Then why, she whispered. I assumed her unfinished thought was something along the lines of, why did you snap at me so cruelly? And then he explains... Oh my god, wait, hold on. HB's listener, he used context to come up with a correct answer. What?! 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. He says that he infuriates himself the way that he can't seem to keep her, you know, like protect her or whatever. But it's just like, you guys, this is a cycle of abuse. This is what yes. this is. This is like, he's mean to her. And then she's like, hey, I would really like it if you could not like snap at me. And like, I wish this weren't right. a double standard that I can get mad and you can get mad and we can have an equal relationship. And instead, he's like, I'm never mad at you. I'm mad at myself for hurting you. Yeah, he's <laughs> gaslighting her. He's saying yes. what your your perception of what just happened is completely the opposite of reality. It is so fucked. HBs, then when they get mad at themselves for hurting you, then it's your it's your problem. Yep. Now you've got you to like them comfort them. And now yep. you're comforting him for hurting you. For yep. hurting his feelings by being hurt that he hurt you. And then all of a sudden, Tamlin is weeping into your goddamn splintered abdomen. Okay? <laughs> That's uh, what's going ben on. there, Bella. Run as yeah. fast as you can. Get all the right. fuck out of there, Bells. Okay, then we spend about 83 pages watching a very detailed baseball game. <laughs> so detailed. Complete with Alice sending Edward visions of the next play. And like, uh-huh. it's, I, it's so much. We can't even choose our own actions in a baseball game. We've got to turn yeah. to Alice to see what the pitches are going to be. And oh, it's rough. Wow. And then guys, strange vampires. They hear a crack. Because Carlisle's so good at baseball. It's the loudest crack they've ever heard. And so now they're on their way. Chugga, 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 chugga. We're three strange vampires. We got them red eyes. One of us has a French accent. So as the game, wait, I'm sorry, as the game progressed, I kept watching for signs that Bella was getting bored. But every time I looked, she seemed completely engrossed. And I, I wrote... That's strange because I'm crazy fucking bored. <laughs> <in all caps. laughs> yes! Uh, I guess because my boyfriend's not playing in the baseball game. I don't give a <laughs> shit, but boy, was I bored. Boy, do I not care. Okay, so this is where my notes get real unreliable because I just started <laughs> arguing with the book for the rest of the time. <laughs> um. Okay, so what happens? All right, the strange vampires come, and they do that whole thing that you read in Twilight, everybody. They're like, hello, may we join your game? And the Car- the Carlisles, oh boy. Because you guys, the- all vampires <laughs> love baseball. <laughs> it's a truth so universally held that vampires <laughs> love baseball. <laughs> such a weird base premise to put in your book. It's so fucking weird. Sorry. Like, why didn't she make a different game called, like, Vampire's Ball? (laughs) Like, a special vampire's Uh game. I don't... Anyway, uh, uh, go on. (laughs) Or at least something older. You know what I mean? Something that's unique to vampires that would be like, oh, yeah, I can see why they all love that, because that's a vampire thing. Or maybe, like, that isn't only 150 years old? (laughs) Like, I was talking about... Is it still a novelty to them? Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I so I was talking to Christine last night. I was like, I want to write a I want to write a fanfic that's like that's <laughs> that's, that's Edward and Bella, but like Bella's smart in the fanfic. Okay, and she's like, Hey, Edward, you know you don't have if you do have all these medical degrees, you don't have to be in 
high school. You know, you could just like not <laughs> not be. And also, like this doesn't really make sense with like the 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 baseballs and stuff. And just like it's like, hey, Edward, just like get out of this weird ancestral family. Just like yeah. come with me, and like <laughs> you'll see, like where she's teaching him that he's he's like, this is a boner, Edward. Uh-huh. It's it's fine. Oh, and the roles are reversed. I would like that. Edward we can go to Mystic Falls and live freely. Like, it's fine. <laughs> we can go to a place that makes sense. Edward, anyway. we don't have to live under the tyranny of Alice's visions. Exactly. Like, <laughs> get out of here, man. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, Edward, okay. if you just let me be on top, we can do this. <laughs> I can show you how it works. I can show you my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just want them to move to Mystic Falls and be free. Like, and just live, live real lives. Or Bon Tom, wherever they want to go. Wherever, wherever. wherever Vampireville they want to go to. But Forks is fucking weird how you guys yeah. live. Get out of there. Get Edward. out of there. <laughs> anyway, all right. Okay, so then the whole scene happens, uh, except we find out that Jasper has cloaked everyone in fucking boring, which my note is, <laughs> don't worry, Jasper, it's already done. Yeah. All mm-hmm. of these people are the most boring they can be. <laughs> you yep. do not have to add on to that. Anyway, uh, a detail that I always thought was really weird from the book and movie, uh-huh. I now found out, this was a this was one interesting thing I found out about, is uh-huh. that when he told her to take down her hair, I was like, what? Do not take down your hair. That's going to make, make smell you more smell, intense. Yeah. smell so many more. And then in this book, I have a feeling that she like read some message boards and was like, huh. That would really make her smell a lot more. And so oh, she wrote yeah. in this one that it's to mask her skin, to make mm. to make less skin out in the world. I do get the feeling that a lot of this book is response to message yeah. words. Yeah. So the, what happens, they got these three vampires. One of them is a tracker, which is something we learn about 80% into the book. Yeah. The conflict is introduced. <laughs> 80% into the book. This will be the primary conflict. There's something called a tracker, and it's a vampire that likes to track. Yep. Okay, so that guy gets interested in Bella because when he looks at Bella and sees that she's a human, Edward, like, darts in front of her and protects her, and the family, Edward like... Edward does that super hiss. Remember the super hiss? <laughs> From the movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the whole family's like, stop, get out of the pose, I can't, I can't function. (laughs) So, that's how he gets, like, interested in her, and he says, oh, did you guys bring a snack? And Edward, or Uh one of them does, and Edward's reading their thoughts, and they're like, that's kind of strange, considering how these guys live in one place for a long time, that they would bring a lady snack with them to baseball. Right. And that is the moment that I realized that all that had to happen there is for one of them to be like, yep. Right. <laughs> but it's my snack. A snack. It's my snack. My snack. She's my snack. How Thanks. we do it here is we do kidnap a human maybe every couple years and she just serves as our like replenishing blood bag for a while. Like when we're interested in like a special cupcake night. Um, we right. do feed on this human. We keep her chained up in our basement and take her to baseball games. And then mm-hmm. they'd be like, okay, thanks for the info. We're going to fuck off. 
and then huh. the book would have been over. You know what, though? I do wonder if that's... Okay, so yes, I hear that, and I like it a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Melody, for your validation. <laughs> no, it's true, though. <laughs> I do, however, wonder if that wouldn't work in Stephanie Meyer's universe. Because my understanding is that vampires in this mythos mm-hmm. can't stop. Like once they, once they, there's no sipping. The human dies if they feed on them. You know, like okay. Edward sort of talks about the frenzy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that vampires in this universe have leveled up to like, let's feed it pineapple for a month and then okay. make martinis, okay. you know? Okay. I don't know. I just feel like they could have explained it somehow. Like, you yeah. know, one, once a month, we go down to, we run down to Los Angeles, takes us about 15 minutes because right. nothing matters. And right. there's no, Ain't there's no the time truth. or space in this book. Um, we run down to LA, grab a random stinky team, and we yes. run back here. We have a baseball game, and then whichever team wins gets to eat her. And that's how we do it. It's their victory Cracker Jacks. Yep. And no one notices because we pulled her off, uh, you know, another, another city. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we do. Like, l- listen, they could have thought of anything. Literally anything. Literally except anything. For- except for, <laughs> this is our special human. <laughs> <laughs> Protect her at yeah. all costs. <laughs> yeah. So then the rest of the book, this is truly the first time that we get <sighs> to see what Edward does when Bella's not around. And let me tell you, it, it, is, it is so boring. tedious. <laughs> wow it's supposed to be a big suspense and it's supposed to be like an edge of your seat and boy was it just lakes and speed limits and <gasps> turns what happens i mean that's yeah that's thing. part of it yeah that's definitely part of it and also like so she she goes you know i i think we can pretty i think we can go fast you think we can go fast here you i think we can go right fast yeah lines? Yeah. So, like, she, the plan is, and she thinks of the plan. They're all like, should we do this stupid, stupid plan? I don't know. Alice, what about this? What's your vision? Super stupid. You? And yeah, very Alice, what's your vision? And then Bella's like, I have a plan. Does anyone want to hear it? And Edward's like, shut up. Yeah. And don't. And then That's like, she's like, what happens? Yeah. And she's like, I don't, do you want to listen to my plan? What's my plan? And Edward's like, she has a good plan, you guys. No. And Edward's like, hold her hands down. And so yeah. Emmett grabs her hands and holds it down so she, that she can't undo the harness and jump out of the car. Yeah. And then they finally listen to her. And it, it's a great plan. Because she knows that their plan will get her dad killed. Yeah. They don't care about that. So her idea is that she goes home. She tells her dad she hates him and she hates Forks and she hates Edwards, Edward and she's leaving and she's going back to Arizona right now and she's taking the truck. Right. Then she storms out and then they take the truck like they all split up and then Edward goes to to like Alaska in the <laughs> truck and then like somebody so goes sorry. to what? Yes. I just remembered that Edward tapped his foot through that entire meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> He tapped his foot so that they, they wouldn't hear her heartbeat. Okay. I'm <laughs> so sorry. So they wouldn't hear her heartbeat? Yes. <laughs> I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. When you first started, I was like, okay, Mel, he's nervous. Like, I don't know no. why you're laughing so hard. He tapped his foot so they wouldn't hear her heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that, like, when somebody did something that scared her, 
her heart like changed rhythm and he had to like change up his foot <laughs> his foot tapping God, I would love to see Robert Pattinson do that oh my god <laughs> can we please petition to make Robert Pattinson do like an indie version oh an indie film of Midnight Sun please Robert Pattinson can you hear her voices please. he would never do it and he shouldn't just us asking is abuse like don't no, you're right no you're right, remind this poor man that he was ever here please <laughs> Just let Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart go. Just let them go. There are so many headlines around this book. They're like, will we get Rob and Kristen back? And it's just like, no. let them free. Free them. They've done nothing wrong. Oh, God. Oh my god. I'll go okay. on record. Wow. I think she's a good actress too. I she don't is. care. I think they're both good. Yeah, agreed. And this I I thought they were bad actors just because of this one movie and it's not true. It's just a bad movie. <laughs> that, so, you know, so. they didn't have a lot to work with. Okay. All right. Okay, so here's what happens. They do the thing. They split up. Um I think like, you know, <laughs> they leave. Goodbye. <laughs> they're in the Jeep. He's following them. They're driving, like, to the Arctic Circle, question mark? That's the whole they thing. They are. They are cruising up to my home, the Arctic. They are. They're bouncing all around Alaska. They're, like, refueling from cans in the back seat, even though they're driving a monster truck Jeep. Yeah. That's fine. Nobody think mm-hmm. about that. So then Edward sends a texty text over to Alice, first explaining the care and comfort of his gerbil. But then later, he says, will they stop following us if we keep going? And she's like, no, they will not stop following you if you keep going. But instead of doing that, he, like, veers off to Mm -hmm. stop to, like, spring a trap. When I'm Mm -hmm. like... Wouldn't you want to go as far as possible? Like, why not make it to northern Alaska before you spring this trap? It doesn't matter. I mean, they're just stalling. I know. None of it mattered. None of it matters. The stakes are nothing. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, they do spring that trap. We spend literally 116 pages running around the forest and swimming through the the fjords and... uh, they do. Uh, they doing... swim through those fjords. <laughs> they do so much Alaska times. They do. You would not believe just zipping and zooming zipping. all around the all tundra. Yep. And, and no one cares. N- nobody cares. And so then they do find out that he gets onto a plane and goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Then Alice is like, Alice calls them and she's like, oh, he's coming to Phoenix. Oh, it's a mirrored room. <laughs> this detail is pretty great. I'm Please just flipping me. through it and seeing if I, you know, like page by page, seeing if I have notes. Yeah, yeah. This detail where they were deciding who should take what car. Oh, boy. Alice, Jasper, take the Mercedes. You'll need the dark tint in the south. Jasper yep. nodded. Alice already knew because of her visions. It's like, I... (laughs) What? (laughs) We're talking about the darkened tent in the windows so that the car doesn't get too hot or whatever in the the south? 
and then like Alice has already seen it in her visions. Why are we talking about this? All right, let's do this now. Yeah. Is Stephanie Meyer like a car guy? <laughs> let's you know? talk about it. Is she like a car guy? You I know? think that she wants to be. <laughs> Listen. Okay, wait. Before we do this, here's what happens. They are going down to Phoenix. They get on a plane. They go down to Phoenix. And yeah, Bella's already there. They're here. Bella has gone away. She has gone to a mystery place that we know is the dance studio. And mm-hmm. now they have to get from the airport to the dance studio as fast as possible. You would think that this would be a three-sentence we did a thing that took us seven minutes. We're at the dance studio, but instead it is two whole chapters. I swear to goddess. Edward takes, he does so many things to like shave seconds off of this travel from like A to B. Yeah. But spends what seems like 20 minutes walking around trying to pick the perfect car. <laughs> Should I pick this one with flames on the side? Should I pick this one? Like, do I smell, do I smell nitrous in the air? <laughs> Second of all, is that a thing car guys do? Do they drive their souped up street racers and leave them at the airport? Is that a thing? Like in long-term parking? They're just I- like, you know what I'm going to drive? Well. I can tell you, as somebody who has <laughs> left a WRX STI no, uh, with a spoiler at long-term sh- parking at the, at the Anchorage airport, no. I can tell you that we do. <laughs> you just said letter salad at me. Explain. I only said letter salad because I recognize the fucking car <gasps> that he gets into. It's the one with the flames at the thing that he's like, this Aaron. is the best car in the whatever, whatever. Tell like, me oh my God. everything. I've no new podcast. <laughs> we're we're stopping now. What the fuck, Aaron? Explain. I've had to that car. Me. What is this new section of your personality I've never encountered before? Explain oh, it to me. My fault. I, it's my husband. <laughs> I <laughs> I think I think there's like you know David likes cars and motorcycles and stuff and. We had a. And also, I had like frog a, record players. Yeah, he's, he contains multitudes. <laughs> um, we had like a big, a big truck, and then we had my little Rav, and my Rav was dying, and I didn't really like driving the big truck because it was too high off the ground. It just, it was unwieldy for me to like. I didn't like driving it. You were like Bella trying to get into that Jeep. <gasps> However, will I get up there? <laughs> I could get in. I just didn't like it. I didn't want to. I didn't like parallel parking it downtown. I, I didn't like driving. So yeah. we decided to get rid of both the cars and then get a car that both of us could drive. That was mm-hmm. like a sedan. And mm-hmm. then um, David would drive his motorcycles during the summer, and then we would share that car in the winter. And okay. somehow I blacked out, and then what we walked away with was this WRX STI with like a spoiler, and like it's like no. it's a fucking race car. <laughs> and we had it for a couple of years, and it was, I mean, like it's just a great car in the winter in Alaska. Just a good, what? it has about a two inch clearance from the ground, oh my and God. boy, can you drift it around roundabouts? It's fun. <laughs> But it's not it's not the uh, easy to drive like commuter car that uh, I don't know what happened. 
we also own one of the motorcycles that, that Edward can't oh wait to jump God. on during this car chase. Because he's like driving one of the cars and he looks over and sees this motorcycle. It's a, a BMW RRs. I, I forget what it was. And he's like, oh, I, I, I can't shake the idea of me driving that motorcycle. <laughs> like Alice is like, I don't know that that's the best thing. Alice is like, you need all of us, motherfucker, or everyone dies. Yeah, and he's like, but yeah. I want to ride that motorcycle. And so he jumps on the Beamer and goes and does now, that for a while. Quick question. I have a question. My Is it about the Subaru? Because we did get rid of it. We just noticed no. that every time we were at a stoplight, <laughs> someone would come up next to us and be like, vroom, vroom, want to race? No. No, we just thought it was cool. You know, we were like, like after a couple of years, we were like, we have to get rid of this thing. This isn't who we are. You know? <laughs> so we, we still have all the no. motorcycles, but yes. I was going to do a logistics bing boom bong of this book because here's my question. Do yeah. you think that it would have been faster to, I don't know, go like slightly closer to the speed limit and not not get into a high-speed chase with the police and have to switch cars and sedate a soccer mom. Melody, it is said in this book (laughs) that it takes Edward two hours to run from Washington to San Francisco and back. It takes Edward like two or three hours to run to Alaska, which is like a thousand miles. Yeah. Why didn't he run? Yeah. Well, because Sparkles and... Who cares? Bystanders or whatever. The Volturi. I'm sorry. What attracts more attention than a high-speed car chase? If I saw a sparkly vampire run past me at 200, 300, 500 miles an hour. I don't even know why anybody would see him if he's so fast. I wouldn't even see it. And if I saw it, I would be like, what was that? Gonna go tell my girlfriends about it at brunch. Not call the army you know like i you know there would be no it's not like the government's gonna do a ufo (laughs) cover-up for a speedy i don't know it was just very i hear you i hear you anyway so that's what i was thinking he should just run fair so they spend a good 25 minutes picking out the perfect car that has a go go speeder mcgee button (laughs) the number one and a go go speeder mcgee button number two Uh, it does I'm so ashamed. <laughs> so ashamed. Wait, that's not an addition. <laughs> that's not an addition. That's just you had a go-go. You had two different no, go-go Speeder like, McGee no, but buttons. You did have like the spoiler on the back so it doesn't fly at 150 <laughs> miles an hour. Like I'm just so ashamed that we were those people for a little bit. Wow, it was a poor life crisis. It sounds like a very it, yeah. sensible Jeep now. <laughs> want everyone to know so anyway so they're driving uh, we we hear about every time he shifts into another gear we hear about every oh i'm sorry alice like pulls oh up a God. schematic in her brain of the whole highway and like 3d turns it uh-huh. horizontally and or horizontally yeah. Yeah. horizontally mm-hmm. and vertically so that edward can memorize and like frogger around all these cars we know everything about every engine and every like uh, just so because he does multiple cars on the way there yeah. and like well oh and we have to not only do we have to hear about both of the cars that they actually use we also have to hear about the five cars that he and alice consider yeah. mentally like yes. that's what, what i'm saying and then we know all we the specs and the and the make and the year and the engine and why that engine is better than this engine yeah. and like 
Should we know what every time he shifts and yeah, he'll be like, now I'm on the shoulder and I'm driving. Oh, I'm oh, driving yeah, the to suicide get Bella. lane. Or 120. Says, I don't. Care. And then he'll be like, now I went in in front of this semi truck. 145. Now we're careening around this. Blah blah blah. I love the I love the freeways in Phoenix. 180. Like oh, I, but she oh does. yeah. He doesn't oh, like the, the heat, but the beautiful freeways in Phoenix. Bella's dying. She's dying. She's literally dying. And I have literally to read dying. about all of this. Okay, so then they do assault that soccer mom, and they steal her car <laughs> because there's the been... Porsche. That, sure, I don't know. And then um, they get to that dance studio, finally, after what? 165 pages. And then... It's rough in there. Why <laughs> is it rough again? It is covered in blood in there. So many bloods. And yeah. uh, he comes in just as James is like lunging for her again. And he pulls him off. And then Jasper and you know the scene. Jasper yeah, you were there. and Emmett. They the, fight him he, to and death. Then, you know, Carla, and they're doing Edward, the burning and the tearing apart. Because the only way to kill a vampire in Twilight is to... Bur- tear them apart and set them on fire. Which- I have a question for you about this. I need to know. Stephanie, I'm angry that you didn't explain it to me in this book. How does it work otherwise? If they don't burn the pieces, do the pieces like crawl to each other? Or yeah, I think so. does like the whole body grow out of the head Deadpool style? Do you survive in the pieces until like, somebody puts them back together? Right? D- yeah. Does it require outside help to piece you back together? If that's the case, do you heal? Or are you like are you like that beautiful teacup artistry where you break a teacup and then you gold it together? The gold the gold teacup. Are you like that? Yeah. Are, they, are you then a, a shattered is it like, golden? Is it, is it, yeah. Vampire? What happens? I would like anyway. would. Hey. Hey, if you're listening and you are a Stephanie Meyer vam- glitter type vampire, if you're a glitter type vampire Please and you have us. been you have been silence. shredded to pieces, to ribbons. Yes. What what was the book we read that was constantly shredding to ribbons? I don't have no idea. Was no that an Akershmer? Anyway, if you've been shredded to ribbons and you've been put back together and you've got little seams of gold all through you. Please. Hit me up, bro. Yeah. That's cool. We will keep your confidence to the grave. But also okay? I'm interested in you as a boyfriend. Obviously. That seems really sexy. Like pieced back girlfriend. together with Hell like yeah. gold seams. Hell anyway, yeah. who knows? Anyway, let us know. Okay. Um, so she's dying and she's all like, my hand, my hand. And then it it's turns so out burning. that he did bite that hand. And then so like Carla's like stitching together. And so now they've got to decide whether they're going to make her into a vampire or I guess let her turn into a vampire. Right. Or kill her so that she like mercy kill her so that she never has to be a vampire or suck out the venom that's in her hand to try to get her to not turn into a vampire and live as a human. And I assure you, this takes 34 pages. There is so much thought about how to save Bella's humanity and not make her into a vampire when Edward and Bella have had no discussions at all about whether maybe Bella would like to be a vampire. No, that can't be a consideration. That's not important to him. It's very paternalistic. 
It's incredibly paternalistic. And this all happens during a time where she is conscious. Yep. And saying things like, my hand, it's burning. Edward, I'm conscious and able to form uh-huh. words and hear questions. Right. And Edward takes so long to be like, should I just murder her now? Should I let her right. be vampire? Should I Should I maybe just in the meantime, while I'm thinking, start sucking out venom, you know, just to preserve the uh-huh. time that we have right now? Or and should I, I just, just snap stop? her neck? Because that's yeah. my decision to make Again, as Edward. It's not a neck snap. It's going to be a bleed out. We're not in Mystic Falls. Oh, we are sure, in sure, sure. Phoenix. Fair, fair. But I feel like she was conscious enough that Edward could have looked at her in the face and been like, Bella, we're in a situation where you're either going to be a vampire, you're going to be dead, or we can try something to see if you can be human. But if we try that, you, it might not work. What do you want to do? And no, she would have why would him. he ever do that? Why would he ever do that? I don't That know. would literally never cross this motherfucker's mind. It didn't. I know, because I was in it. This fuckface does not care what she thinks or wants or feels or desires or or fears even. It's all about her and her relationship to him, too. That's the thing. So later on, um, I I don't want to forget this because this is this is the thing that drives me the most fucking bonkers about this book as a romance. And that is that spoiler alert, uh, she doesn't die. She he sucks the venom out. And when he's when he walks into the hospital room finally, he says, Carlisle fucked off because he was gonna save more people in the hospital. But I couldn't do that because what nobody understood is that it was my life on that gurney. Yep. It was my life on that gurney. Yeah. And that is supposed to be romantic. I'm so glad you brought this up. I, I had the same thing. infuriating. Yeah. Because it's not. It's her life. She has agency. She is her own fucking person. It is not about you. Mm-hmm. You absolute paternalistic, narcissistic monster. Mm-hmm. He thinks his vampirism makes him a monster. No, it's the fact that he looks at a completely other entity and says, that is so mine that I am it. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, man. Oh, fuck right off. So anyway. Yeah, I felt yeah. the same. I co-signed. Yeah. And so it would never cross his mind to be like, hey, Bella, what do you want? Because it's all about right. Edward and what Edward wants and what Edward thinks and what Edward's comfortable with. And it has been the whole time. And then at the end of this book, which I don't really want to get into, but she does tell him that she wants to be a vampire. Yeah. And he doesn't give a shit. He believes that because of her youth and um, her dumbness, despite the fact that she was in AP biology back in Phoenix, <laughs> he I thinks mean. that she doesn't have the maturity to make that decision for herself. Right. Um, but she does have the maturity to make the decision to like be around him despite the risk. Like the, the decisions that she makes that are good for him, she does have the ability to make, but the ones that he wants to make for her, she doesn't. Exactly. I do want to touch on the... <laughs> Wait, is it is it the 92 pages we spend watching Alice make the plans? <laughs> the crime scenes? The chapter entitled Logistics? <laughs> <laughs> is that? I just want to say, this was insane. <laughs> just, we don't have time. We're running out of time. But God, it was insane. Like it at the hotel. Like, you guys... 
they're trying to keep the cops off the trail here uh-huh for like not a lot of reasons like i just feel like the cops are gonna get called guys and you're gonna have to deal with it like they jump through crazy amounts of hoops to be like bella fell down <laughs> Five flights of stairs <laughs> at a hotel and, and through a window, through a like glass window, <laughs> and they they go like like stage the scene and have Alice go to the hotel and get the hotel to clean it up, and then you know they're like, oh, we see the future of the hotel workers worrying about this after they clean it up that it could have been a murder scene and worrying about a lawsuit and like. Not oh, to mention that, that we watch Alice make the reservation at the hotel three times because we watch her change her decisions to make mm-hmm. the hotel transaction faster. Mm-hmm. We So I didn't realize. I'm like cleaning my office. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, getting stuff done. And I've got the audible playing. So then all of a sudden I realize we're still in the car yeah. on the way to the hospital. Same. I thought we were out in the world doing shit, but no, we no. were just watching Alice we're make imagining plans the possibilities. in her brain. Yes. So we watch her do this hotel thing, and it's like it's like that scene from Zootopia where they're at the DMV, where all the lonely sloths work <laughs> at the DMV. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so she makes she figures out a way to make that sloth go faster. Then, after they stage the whole crime scene, she has I think she imagines a phone call with Rosalie where she tells Rosalie that Emmett is gonna come back to drive the truck and like this is a whole imagination thing then we imagine her buying four suitcases that don't match for no reason and then buying everyone like a phoenix wardrobe that's perfect for them and they're gonna Mm -hmm. look great in what (laughs) the fuck and then still, still at the end of this thing, I really don't understand how they're explaining that, like, <laughs> Alice, Emmett, like, that Carlisle's there, that, that Edward's there. Why are there. they like, there? I mean, I know that they did explain it. I know that they sure. did. But I, it's like, I had, I was dumped so much information and so many different ways they were going to try to explain it and try and to do it. And so many, yeah, and so many and iterations like of the car each thing. And returning the Porsche and getting the, getting the truck renting down Renting the Phoenix. car at the airport? Renting getting, a new car? Getting it cleaned? It's a white suburban, everybody. I don't know why I know yeah, that. Like, I spilled... I spilled tomato juice, like getting the truck down there because she was supposed to have driven. So getting, going to the Arctic Circle and getting the truck and then like calling Charlie and being like, guess what? Your daughter drove to Phoenix in the truck and then she checked into a hotel and then immediately fell down three flights of stairs and crashed through a plate glass window. Which I'm sure that the injuries do not match that. Like, I'm sure that any any medical provider would be like, oh, compare chart, look at lady and be like, Not no. to mention that Alice stole blood out of the hospital to oh, swoosh yeah. around the, the motel. Blood That's not going to match her. her blood. It's so... And then, <laughs> so tell Charlie that she fell down all the stairs, and that then she's at the hospital, but then also Edward's here, and also his whole family, because Edward, 
I don't even remember how they wanted, said it. Like, I think it was like was so Edward wanted Carlisle to but, but how did I, But how, why did Edward go first to them? <laughs> but, so Edward was like so concerned and then he called Carlisle because he wanted Carlisle to like treat her personally so that she would be uh-huh. better. But like no one calls Charlie during this. She's a fucking minor. How did her boyfriend and his dad and her his siblings figure this out before the <gasps> dad? Incredible. Um, mom shows up. She sucks as usual. Um, Edward has the audacity to call her a narcissist without looking <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, sometimes when you are camped out at a hotel for two weeks, you do eat a lot of junk food and you do feel like a sloth. That's fine. No, listen, what I'm saying is her mom is a narcissist. But second of all, Bella, you learned this in your childhood. You're trying to marry your mom. (laughs) Fair. But I guess, like, like, the thing that he's mad about is that, like, the mom's taking the stairs and being like, oh, gosh, I've been at this hospital eating all this bad food and I feel bad physically and would like to get to the gym. I don't think that's that bad, to be completely honest. No, I mean, I think it's I think it's that bad when the first thing you say to your daughter after she woke up after being asleep for 36 hours is I was so scared. <laughs> Not how are you feeling? Not I'm so glad you're alive. Not. Anything that centers it on Bella. I was so scared that you weren't going to wake up. I'm so happy you did, I guess is how I read that. Yeah, sure. I I hate her mom. Listen, I hate her mom. I don't know why I'm defending her. I can, I'm (laughs) having an out of body experience right now. No, what you're saying is. Just because Edward was the one being like, you're a monster. I was like, she's really not compared to you. She's not, Edward. You think that that's your life on the gurney there. Renee, Renee, Renesme, Ren. No, Renesme is the daughter. Renee Ah, Renee is the one who's like, look, daughter that I love, separate entity that I respect and cherish. What decision would you like to make? Oh, it's not coming to live in Florida with me? That makes me sad. But it sounds like that's the decision you made as a rational adult. Yeah. That was Renee's response. So Mm -hmm. fuck off, Edward. <laughs> yep. Let's not throw stones. You live in a completely glass house. Yeah. Also, you're a fuck face. Okay. <laughs> oh, also, he was super pissed at all the blood fa- transfusions. Made her smell weird. Smell he no weird. longer smelled like Frasia, the seasoned salt of flowers. Delicious, delicious, scrumptious, <laughs> scrumptious. What does that Frisia. even mean? How did that come out of my mouth? Anyway, <laughs> the season, what, seasoned salt of flowers. <laughs> yeah. I love what? it. <laughs> all right all right um, did you read the epilogue melody oh oh wait also wait we do have to say two things that happened in this book that were like bonus content that didn't happen in the first book there two yeah two things one is he watches the torture porn that the other oh, vampire God, made it's stupid and in that torture porn there's an entire conversation that just didn't happen in bella's book in really? which we find out yeah in which we find out um, that James knew about Alice's backstory. This whole Alice's, Alice has no idea who created her, burp, 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 burp. Apparently, Bella, like, forgot that part because she hit her head or something. Oh, I herbsed a lot of the torture porn video because I, I started reading it and I was like, well, I know what happens here. 
I was like, there during Twilight. I don't want to watch Edward watch the thing that I read yeah. about. So mm-hmm. I I think I skipped a lot of that. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Basically, um, Alice was in an asylum because of her visions and some old ass va- vampire like jail broker and and then James. She's the one that got away. James was like, I want that. I'm going to eat it. And then the old vampire was like, nope, I made it a vampire or something. That was my understanding. I may have herbsed it too. Anyway. So Why then- James not track Alice? Why James not track Alice? Because Alice vampire? Yeah. Remember when Alice said he'll lose his interest if she's no longer Alice, edible? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Me thinks that was planted in her subconscious mm-hmm. human before brain anyway so then um yeah i did fucking read that epilogue and (laughs) it was oh oh the thing that really pisses me off about the ending is that we do find out that the whole time edward once again was lying to her he's like Mm -hmm. i'll stay with you and then his inner monologue continues being like until you're well until i get the sign Mm -hmm. until i get my my thing that tells me i have to go Mm -hmm. like the whole time he's just lying to her fucking face Mm -hmm. Which I guess we knew after New Moon, but I think I thought that he made the decision after. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I believed him when he said he was going to stay, and then I thought something happened to change his mind. Anyway, and then we go to Stupid Prom, and we do that entire thing, and nothing is different from before. And mm-hmm. it's everything that they said out loud before. And uh, that's it. That's it. That's the end. Thanks. The end. Thanks, I hated it. (laughs) Thanks, I hated it. You're welcome. You don't have to read it. Yeah. Or if you did and you loved it, yay. That's fine. I'm really, really happy somebody loved this book. Yeah. Erin, what's your lady love? Tell me all about it. I found an article on Slate that's called All 349 Murmurs in Stephanie (laughs) Meyer's Twilight Saga Charted and Ranked. Yes. And (laughs) it made me... So happy. This, <laughs> this author noticed how much murmuring happens in uh-huh. Twilight. And as you probably could guess from listening to this podcast, I love the word murmur. I think it's <laughs> one of the funniest words in the world. Murmur. It makes me so happy to say it. And it made so I read it before I I read this article before I read the second half of this book, and it made the second half of this book so much more entertaining because <laughs> every time they murmured, which was all the time, it made me giggle. <laughs> and the thing that is the best in this book, she she chart or in this article is she charts how many murmurs are in each book, and then who does the murmuring, and in who does the murmuring. It's so much more Edward than anyone else, like <laughs> times three. It shows like their faces of who's who's murmuring, like uh, like uh-huh. a chart, and then it's got little faces of everybody to show, and then it's like Alice, Bella, Edward, Carlisle, and then there's just one tiny, like uh, uh, not quite opaque photo of Edward off to the side that goes a hallucination of Edward. <laughs> Which just made me laugh so much. And then there's a pie chart that's like where Edward does his murmuring. And like 60% is is into Bella's ear. Her ear. And uh-huh. 30% is into Bella's hair. And no! 18% is the night slash the darkness. 
And then the rest is like other or something. But the idea of like it being just the darkness is so <laughs> And then she takes the bottom ten and top ten murmurs and then ranks them. <laughs> One of the worst murmurs is <laughs> Describe something of like they were they were talking at full volume, not murmuring at all. It's just like <laughs> the explanation is like no longer content to tell you when people are murmuring. Stephanie Meyer now just specifies when when characters are not murmuring. <laughs> and then the number one murmur is Edward, is Edward murmuring. It's Twilight. <laughs> no. It's Twilight. <laughs> anyway, read it. I pretty much just told you all about it, but it <laughs> made me crack up. I loved it. That's my lady love. Oh, that's great. Mine is oh, of a guess similar what, vein. Bitch, scrunchies are back. Everybody <laughs> said that they are, and they love them, and they've been wearing scrunchies for weeks. And what a great lady love they said. They said thanks, Erin. You want to know what they hilarious? said? That was the reaction to my lady love last week. Do you so. want to know what's hilarious? You bought a fucking scrunchie and you love it. No, completely independent of all of this. Michael noticed that my kids needed more hair things. And I came downstairs today after he went on a shopping trip and he was putting both of their hair up with scrunchies. Yeah, because they're readily available because they're fucking back. Get out your caboodles, ladies. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. My lady love is is of a similar uh, vein, and that is, boy, was that bad lip reading of Twilight Rabbit Hole that I went down slapped one of the funniest things that has happened to me in like three months. And I do this podcast. Mm -hmm. I get to talk to Erin every week, and still, that Twilight Rabbit Hole brought me such joy. Bad lip reading. Of the Twilight Saga is one of my favorite things. I've also yeah. found the other like really good bad lip reading. Weirdly, I'm not really into footballs at all, mm-hmm. but the bad lip reading NFL is also very good because they do hmm. like the coaches on the sidelines with their like oh. little microphones. Okay. And those are really funny because they're usually like either very intense or very emotional in some way. Like they're usually <laughs> like, throwing a clipboard or something. Yeah. Those are great. Um, or like players like holding each other's shoulders and saying something really intense into each other's oh faces, you know? Gosh. Those are great. Anything that makes fun of toxic masculinity is going to be in my yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. some good shit. Hey, did you watch the one with the Taylor Swift? Did you watch the Firelight thing too? Oh, no, I forgot to watch no, it. I'm going to watch it too. It's got my boyfriend. I will. Okay. I remember that I saw it forever ago, um, but I, I have, it's like a hazy memory, you know? So I definitely am going to rewatch it. Okay, listen, you guys, there's big shit happening in Heaving Bosoms Land. I am telling you that you need to send in your Potiversary emails because it's going to be so much easier for Aaron and I this year. (laughs) Please help. We're going to be so much more reliable about it because I'm going to read every email, but I won't have to find every email because we have an assistant now. I don't know why in my brain I thought we will announce this on the podiversary, but we can do it now. Oh, we don't have to. I'm just saying that if they send an email, we will see it because 
talk to our people. We have an assistant. Oh my god. We hired an assistant. We have an assistant. She's our assistant. No more will emails wait six weeks for Aaron to answer. (laughs) Not a fucking gen. (laughs) No more will we completely forget that you sent us a message. Never. No more. Natalie will not allow it. I have been so on the ball. Yeah. Ever since we brought Natalie on board, it's been the best decision of my life. That in Gmail you can like make like to do lists and shit. (laughs) There's Task when we hired Natalie, the things that just happened <laughs> astounded me. I opened oh up the Heating Bosoms inbox yesterday, and it was not only like everything was red, which has never there was happened. A, there was only two unread emails in there, Aaron. Oh, when I looked, it was all red. And then oh also God. there was like a list of tasks that you could like, oh, tasks check that off. you could check off. And um, there was something There's else. There's like a note like feature or something. Reminders. Oh my god! You can you can attach emails to the tasks. You can be like, I don't know you what can... that task means, and then you p- click on the little mail thing that's under the and task. It and it's the, the email. email that is associated with it. My god! Holy you guys, shit! It has never been a better time to advertise <laughs> on the Giving Bosoms podcast. Or you let us know. We are going to get to that advertisement like lickety fucking split. Damn. You guys, <laughs> this year, when we do the Heaving Bosoms reading embrace, we're not going to have to do three rounds of announcing no! the winners because we're going to do it one time and that's going to be all of the winners. Because a competent person will have compiled it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, wow. So that's the big news. Our so new merch us- store is up, also oh. with the help of Natalie um, and some oh wonderful gosh. artists. You guys, this merch is incredible. There's a there's Good a design merch. that says tits out for romance. There's a design that says read black romance that is we're not going to take a penny from it. All the money that you spend on that design is going to go to um, this year. It's Color of Change, which I love. Um, there's there's an abs, 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 dick design. Mm-hmm. That like makes all my the heart runners sing. up for the well, all the designs that we used for our 2020 meetup that didn't happen are now just like heaving bosoms designs that you can buy that don't say 2020 meetup on them, right? And then a couple other designs that didn't make the cut for that, we we asked the artist yeah. to kind of like rework for this. So right. so if you liked those 2020 meetup shirts and mugs and things like that, but didn't really want them to say 2020 meetup because it didn't happen, um, right? You can now get them and just say heating businesses. Yeah. And international people, um, the new T Public store isn't great for shipping for you. So we do have the designs also up on Redbubble, which is better for shipping internationally. Oh, so that's okay. an option for you. And then, um, yeah, big shit, you guys. And if you email us, we are going to see it and we're going to respond and it is going to be crazy. Okay. Oh, and follow us on the socials. Follow us yeah. there because we do fun things there too now. Yeah. Well, we always yeah. have done some fun things, but it's become more yes. fun now that we have more time to do more fun things because we don't have to do as much boring things because Natalie helps us. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> because we don't look at our email inbox and immediately get hives and avoid it. And just like walk away. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. We love you, Natalie. Okay. Keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love imagining a sparkly Edward Cullen just shitting blood. Just shitting blood. It's the 
only thing that comes to rule they're in. It's the only thing that happens that passes. Dora, she's just, just shooting blood or plasma. <laughs> Oh my god, little, I mean, we didn't think we would learn anything from the Midnight Sun book, and yet, now we know that, alright? Okay. So, Uh, wow, what a service to the universe. I love you, I'm so glad this is over. I love you so much, this was so fun, but also we don't have to read this book anymore. Goodbye! I'm so happy it's over, goodbye! Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.